And a good uh, Tuesday evening to you, meteorologist Dan Skeldon. It is the final evening of February, the last night of meteorological winter. Uh, spring begins tomorrow in a weather person's world. Of course, it's, uh, it's March 20th, according to the calendar. So we've made it to the end or almost to the end of what has been one of the easiest winters on record in terms of cold, in terms of snow, in terms of ice. Um, very uh, unwintry, the winter that wasn't. It's been our sprinter. It's a combination of uh, spring-like temperatures through a lot of winter. Um, now, there was snow in North Jersey, especially last night. Uh, there could be again as we head into Friday, but it's going to change to rain. Um, still no immediate winter threats. But we all know that the month of March is a very fickle one. It's a very volatile one. And we have had Marches in the past. Uh, we have, we've had several, you know, fairly significant snowfalls or nor'easters with or with heavy snow or ice or or flooding or wind. So um, we can't let our guard down in March. And given how easy this winter has been, uh, there are some signs that we're going to pay for it in March. We will see. Uh, we do have a storm coming in this Friday. Again, that's going to be mostly rain. And then I would circle next weekend as a potential, and we'll talk about uh, we'll talk about that with as we welcome in my co-host Palma Shiles on this uh, last evening of February. How are you, Palma? Hi, Dan, and hello everyone tuning in to this week's episode of Tidal Flooding Talk. Yeah, we are uh, brought to you by the New Jersey Coastal Coalition, and um, a few topics this week. We want to you know, we want to wrap up one month, look ahead to the next. Uh, Talk a little politics, which we don't normally do. Um, you know, we're not going to dive into presidential politics, but a, a new um, bill working its way through the Assembly in New Jersey, um, promising for homeowners and renters, and we'll chat about that as well. But where do you want to begin tonight, Palma? Well, why don't we recap on February, and you could let us know what you think we could expect in March. Well, February is, uh, you know, shortest month of the year. We had... We had a fraction of an inch of snow. We had a coating on the, the first day of February, and we had a very, very fine coating this past Saturday. And that's it for snow. Uh, this is still the least snowiest winter on record uh, in South Jersey. Um, and we're not out of the woods yet because we can get snow in March. In a really off year, we can get snow in April. Uh, but right now it is uh, one of the warmest and the least snowiest winter on record. February kind of followed suit. A lot of days in the 50s and 60s, lack of cold, lack of snow. Uh, however, as we head into March, um, it's a colder pattern setting up. Now, cold in March isn't the same as cold in January. You know, you're not going to dip to, you know, well below zero wind chills. And if you do get snow, it doesn't last as long. But I would watch a period from like March 10th to March 20th, the Ides of March, if you will, the middle of the month for some colder weather and maybe a pretty good chance of a storm. Doesn't mean snow, doesn't mean tidal flooding, doesn't mean rain, but just kind of identifying right around next weekend for something um, that could be troublesome along the East Coast. Okay, so we could still potentially be seeing flooding in the next month. Or in nor'easters and rain and wind and snow. Again, it's been a quiet winter, not only in terms of cold and snow, uh, but, but in terms of flooding in nor'easters, we haven't had many. That's a great thing. 
We haven't had many uh, coastal storms to track or nor'easters to track, um, not, not much flooding. I, I will just put a little caveat. Uh, there is a coastal flood advisory this evening for a little minor tidal flooding along the Ocean County shoreline. Next couple of hours, very minor nuisance stuff, but just throw that out there. So it's not like uh, tidal flooding is absent. It's just it's, um, it's been a quiet winter on every front. But I will, again, circle next weekend, right around then. I will say um, we uh, have my daughter, Kenzie, turning four. Oh my All right, so we have, a big, we have our, her first big birthday party planned for that weekend. So right there, that tells me there's going to be a storm because we have, a, we have big plans that weekend. And also, I have my in-laws with us that weekend. So uh, wouldn't it be nice if they uh, you know, have a big winter storm and they get snowed in and get to spend extra time with your in-laws? Everyone loves that, right? And I'm just kidding. I love my in-laws. But, uh, <laughs> but all that stuff aside makes me think that, yeah, next weekend, March 10th, March 11th, um, we will see, uh, we will see you know, some potential trouble. There's a pretty good signal for a storm. Now, we had a good signal in December, and it never happened. This signal may be even a little bit better. Doesn't mean it's going to happen. So we'll, so we'll see. But I do think no early spring. You know, we've had a pretty spring-like winter. But I do still think this cold uh, that will come down the middle of the month and then there could be some stormy potential in the middle of March. And we've had pretty good nor'easters in March, pretty good rounds of tidal flooding in March. Uh, most recently, March 2014, so nine years ago, and more recently, March 2018, five years ago, we had significant storms with uh, snow. Uh, in both of those marches, there was significant snow. And there was, um, you know, tidal flooding with several of those storms as well. So March is a, you know, March madness that everyone is, um, you know, into March because of basketball. Well, I always say there's like a meteorological March madness sometimes too. It can be a month where it can go from 80 to heavy snow, sometimes in a day or two. Uh, so, and it can go back to 80 again. So, so March uh, is a roller coaster month in the middle of the month is what I'm watching. And I think... Um Atlantic City is having the St. Patrick's Day Parade again this year after it being canceled because of COVID the last several years. So hopefully they won't be impacted by any bad storms. Yeah, it's a great parade. That's a great event. Um, you know, you don't want flooding, obviously, so people can't get there. Uh, you don't want a storm. You want, you want nice weather for it. You're not guaranteed it. But I know, uh, yeah, it was initially canceled and they're bringing it back this year, which is great. It's such a good event, and yeah, we want nice weather for that. Um, you know, St. Patrick's Day can bring snow too. March 2014, we had like six inches of snow on St. Patrick's Day. Um, so I know the parade isn't on St. Patrick's Day necessarily, but um, you know, the middle of March can do some weird things weather-wise. So, so we'll see if this March behaves itself or is a little troublesome. And I think it will be the latter. I think it's going to be, uh, you know. January was one, the warmest, uh, one of the warmest ever. February, one of the warmest ever. I don't think March will be. I think March is going to be on the cooler side. Not cold, but cooler than average, which we haven't seen uh, in a while. Okay. All right. I guess we should jump right into our politics with the renters and uh, sellers bill. Yeah, it just is something that passed the assembly and it came across my Twitter feed and, you know, it still has to, you know, officially get passed and signed and that. But, you know, it's, it's something that passed unanimously from, uh, from what I read and to have anything passed unanimously, you know, with all Democrats and all Republicans agreeing is, um, 
is very rare uh, these days. Um, but it, it ultimately, um, you know, protects home buyers and renters in New Jersey by um, uh, making the property that you're interested in renting or buying basically disclose the flood risk. You know, and 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 that's something you know you 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 have a lot of stuff disclosed when you're buying a house. You just went through the process, right? I mean, it's, it's very complicated inspections and, uh, you know, usually the, the homeowner has to disclose a whole bunch of stuff. So why not add flooding to that? And because that's something that's very, very useful to a potential home buyer or renter. And it's something that they probably don't know about, especially if they're, they've never lived in a flood zone um, to be able to disclose, Hey, this is your flooding risk. This is, the, the flooding history. I'm not sure exactly how much has to be disclosed. Uh, I'm going to read up more on it, but I think it's a great idea. And apparently lawmakers do too, since there was a unanimous passing of the assembly anyway. Right. And aside from whatever does need to be disclosed, it's always a good idea to do your own research. There are other resources available. You can call your local municipality, talk to the floodplain manager, inquire about the particular property. We've had surveyors on here before who've explained that every property is unique just because your neighbors, you know, the property next door doesn't flood doesn't mean that yours wouldn't, you know, there's other things, flood proofing, how high yours is and things like that. So it's important to do your homework before you purchase a home or even rent somewhere. It is. And, and, and you know, most people probably do their homework, which is exactly what you should do when you're making an investment like that, especially if you're buying a home. But we all know that there are people out there that, you know, probably don't do their homework. They're so excited for a shore home, oh, I'm buying a shore home, and, you know, they may not be aware of the flooding risks. The fact that it's going to be mandatory, you know, you're going to get a piece of paper or, you know, a packet or whatever, say, hey, here is your flood risk. Um, you know, it's there for you to, you know, even for the, the, the unprepared buyer or the, the unresearched buyer, it will be there, presuming this is uh, passes and officially assigned into law. I think it's a great, it's, it's a great thing, but you're right. Uh, you should not, you know, not do your research. Uh, you should just let whatever the disclosure is supplement what you do on your own. Right. And there is a lot of information available, you know, FEMA has brochures online and a lot of the municipalities now ever since Sandy have been putting information right on their websites too. So that's also helpful. So yes, I do think this bill is a start and it should, you know, at least make people aware that their property could flood. So, but there is more involved for sure. There is. And again, I'll just say it again, because I'm, I'm, I'm Amazed. I mean, it's a great piece of legislation, but the fact that it was unanimous in the assembly. Uh, the only other thing that I can recall, and it's somewhat related to weather, that was unanimous. It passed the Senate, the United States Senate, was the year-round daylight saving time. Um, you know, so so we would permanently be on daylight saving time. It passed the Senate, but the House didn't take it up, so it never it never became law. But it had unanimous passing in the Senate, and I just don't recall much stuff passing unanimously. So that, you know, that, that was a daily saving time on the national level. This is New Jersey uh, flood disclosure on the state level. But still, I think, uh, you know, the fact that all politicians are in agreement probably means it's a good thing. And, um, you know, with, especially to those new to the shore, 
or new to an area, I think it definitely is a great idea and I'd love to see it implemented. I'd also love to do more research on it and see, you know, exactly how much do you have to disclose. Yeah, and it is nice to know that, you know, these politicians do recognize that this is important and it's a significant issue, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so that's our little piece of politics. And again, we don't dive into it that often, but flood-related ideas, legislation is, is, is one of the things we do talk about. Um, and it's essentially, since we don't have much weather to talk about either, I, I didn't really um, expand on our late-week storm. So we're going to get milder and drier tomorrow. We have a couple showers Wednesday night and Thursday morning. Not a big deal, but Thursday is mild as well. And then we do have a storm Friday and Friday night. I, I think for South Jersey, Delaware, it's a soaking rain. North Jersey, Eastern PA, you might get a coating to an inch or two of snow, and that changes to rain and washes it away. Um, I haven't looked into the flooding threat yet. I have, to, I have to look at the timing, but it is a soaking rain and it will impact you Friday and Friday night. So, so that's something we will watch. And then the weekend is quiet and early next week is quiet. And then that the time to circle is that following weekend, March 10th, 11th, right in there, the 9th, 10th, 11th, that weekend is, uh, is what winter weather lovers should, should uh, circle and check back on. Because, uh, you know, I always say that uh, we could circle these days. I don't think I've had a day circled all winter. Uh, besides around Christmas and nothing happens. So, um, so we actually have a period to watch in terms of winter weather. And Friday and Friday night, at the very least, there could be some poor drainage flooding with, uh, with our rainstorm coming in to wrap up the week. But it should be out of here in time for the weekend. Right. And if you are watching live on Facebook, you can add comments or ask questions to us. We do have quite a few comments here. Rob Nestor asks, or says this is like a year without a Santa Claus. So I guess he's referring to the lack of snow and lack of cold weather. Um, and that's, uh, you know, it, uh, being at the shore, um, you know, a, a non-snowy winter is, is not totally unheard of. I mean, but we haven't even seen an inch and, and that is rare. There's been like two or three winters on record in 80 years where there has been an inch of snow. So this is pretty rare. And, um, you know, it is among the least snowiest winters on record from like parts of Connecticut all the way down to DC, Baltimore, Virginia, much of New Jersey, Eastern PA. So it's pretty, uh, it, it is pretty rare. And, um, you know, um, I think I like the comparison, Rob. So, so I, I'll work on getting some in March. We'll see if we can get some at the last minute right before spring begins. Right, maybe by next title flooding talk episode you'll see some snow in the future yeah i mean next tuesday we'll we'll be on again 7 30 every week brought to you by the new jersey coastal coalition and, and that that days i'm circled next weekend will be in full focus and we'll see all right is it going to be just very cold and dry or, or do we actually have a storm to track so uh so we'll see when, uh, when it gets a little bit closer but right now the signal's there it's something to watch it's it's a glimmer of hope for snow lovers, but given the way the winter has been, let's not hold our breath. And if you are a someone who, who roots against tidal flooding and, and big nor'easters, this has been your winter. I'd love to say we're going to keep that streak going. We will see. No immediate nor'easters in our future. But again, Friday, Friday night, some windy, rainy weather. Wouldn't surprise me if there's at least some uh, tidal flooding. Uh, is it a major storm? No, it doesn't look to be like that right now. Okay. All right. Well, thank you, Dan. And thank you, everyone watching. Uh, join us again next week, Tuesday at 730 for Title Flooding Talk. 
brought to you by the New Jersey Coastal Coalition. All right. Have a great week, and we'll see you next week. Bye-bye.